Hello, welcome to Prince Rap by Track. I'm your host Darren. Today we're going to be talking about Come On from New Power Soul. Recorded May to December 1997 at Paisley Park and released on the 30th of June 1998. On the track, it is The New Power Generation, uh, which is Prince, Kirk Johnson, Rhonda Smith, Cat Dyson, Reverend Scott, Mr. Hayes, and Shaka Khan. Uh, the track is six minutes. And it was the first single from, or the only single, should I say, from New Power Soul. Obviously, the one was also released as a promotional single, which I've already covered. Uh, joining me today to talk about it is Antu. Hello, Antu. Uh, hey, Darren. How are you? I'm good. And Victor Azevedo. Hello, Victor. Hey, Darren. Hey, Antu. <laughs> hey, Victor. <laughs> if anyone, if obviously, if you've been listening to the show up until this point, then obviously you'll be familiar with both my guests. Combined, they have covered 54 episodes so far. Which makes God. up seventeen percent of all the episodes uploaded up to this point. Um, so I guess that's it's roughly about one in five. So if okay. you pick, you know, any any of the any of the episodes out of out of you know five of them, uh, one of these guests will be on. Um, so let's talk about the song though, because I mean I'm not covering the entire of New Power Soul. You know, this is something that I discussed a little bit when I did the one because I don't really think it's a Prince album. You know, Prince. When he wanted to call stuff Prince, he, you know, either called it Prince or he put a symbol on it or he went to the trouble of saying Prince and the Revolution, Prince and the New Power Generation, Prince and Third Eye Girl. Like, he put his name in the title when it was an official album. Um, you know, in this case, this was the third album from the New Power Generation. I haven't covered anything of the previous two albums. Um, I might at some point cover Count the Days, um, which also showed up, I think, on the, the Girl 6 soundtrack as well. Um, but, you know... Prince decided this wasn't, you know, one of his albums. So, uh, you know, for most for the most part, I'm not covering the rest of the tracks. Um, but in this case, because this was, you know, the the you know the kind of the main single that was released off here. Um, although I, I should note, it only got to number sixty five in the UK, which is the only country where it was officially available, you know, um, in CD form and eligible for the charts. Um, it was actually released over here on the 9th of November, nineteen ninety eight, which is exactly a year before. Um, Rave to the Joy Fantastic got an album release um, but you know and it was released around Europe on the 16th of October um, 1998 but basically it's you know it, it it spent one week on our charts and it got to number 65 and that was that was the entire chart performance of this particular single mm-hmm. um, and the US version was only available from 1-800-NEW-FUNK so therefore it was not eligible for <laughs> any charts um, although interestingly enough even though you know this essentially was only a limited release, Prince still remixed it seven ways till Sunday. There was there was eight separate remixes of this track, um, and some of them getting as long as eight minutes fourteen, and others you know being as short as three twenty seven. So you know, again, Prince, I don't know why he put this much effort into this single, and then you know it barely made any impact anywhere. Um, so I think that's quite funny, but. Did you see that yes, there's too. like an acapella mix there, which I, I like the yeah. idea of like this being like a huge hit amongst like barbershop groups at the time, like <laughs> them getting it and then like working out the four part harmonies and just trying to arrange the song. It's worth saying that obviously, um, you know, uh, kind of the, the, the like Shaka Khan is featured quite heavily on this mm-hmm. single, you know, she's in the video, she's on the cover of the single. Um, you know, like you can really hear her voice coming through on this song. So I could guess that if you were trying to arrange an acapella version, you know, there's there's at least a, a kind of 
uh, it's not just like Prince quadruple tracking himself. Like there's a different voice in there yeah. that you can, you can kind of use. Maybe it'll appear in Pitch Perfect Four or whatever it is <laughs> we're up to right now. Yeah, it's like a, a tribute to Prince. Just like yeah, of course, yeah. They uh, could have put a tribute to Prince in Pitch Perfect Three, which actually had Andy Allo in, who worked with Prince. Yes. So and you know they al- missed their opportunity. Were they allegedly dating at some point? Andy Allo and Prince. Yeah. I can't say I can't say I've ever heard that rumor, but then you know anyone that Prince works with and does an album with, yeah, I'm sure the rumor is that he's dating them. Um, of course. <laughs> you know because he was Prince, but mm. yeah, I don't know, like a fifty-something-year-old Prince dating. Well, Andy Allo wasn't even born when the Batman album came out, so, you know. Oh, jeez, oh, that makes me feel dull. <laughs> I, I don't know, I, I think this is an interesting song. In, like, off this album, I pretty much don't like any of the songs. That's one of the reasons why I also haven't covered most of them, because I just don't find it an enjoyable album to listen to. I don't like the production sound. It just, I don't know, the Prince went in a, a kind of an odd direction towards the end of the 90s where he... You know, he kind of kind of started doing more of that kind of claustrophobic Prince in the studio by himself sound, even though he had other musicians. And a lot of the tracks on New Power of Soul, they feel kind of mechanical. They don't like it doesn't feel like Prince is really putting any effort into them. You know, that kind of a lot of them just have like a chorus line that just gets repeated over and over again, which happens in this as well. But like, you know, the, the, the only songs that I really enjoy on the album are, you know, the one. And this, and um, probably Wasted Kisses. Those are probably the three tracks that I think are the standout tracks on the album. I think the production on this sounds maybe a little bit different to some of the other stuff that's been done, and that might be just the input of Shaka Khan and Rhonda Smith. Like, there might just be something there, whereas I think some of the other tracks, it's just Prince by himself, uh, which is why some people argue that this should be counted as, as a Prince album. But, uh, you know, he called it New Power Generation, so, mm-hmm. you know. That, that's who's doing the album, so that's why I'm not going to cover the rest of the songs. Um, but in terms of like a genre, um, I feel like it's it's quite clearly meant to be like a... I mean, it's, it's clearly in the dance mode, mm-hmm. and I feel like, mm-hmm. you know, Prince is aiming... I think he's aiming, as he does with a lot of the tracks on New Power Soul, for a kind of a sing-along anthem. You know, he's looking for the crowd to sing, <laughs> come on, baby, shake it now. That's what he's looking yeah. for. And, you know... It, it, that's that's kind of that's the same with a lot of the other songs on this on this particular album, particularly stuff like you know freaks on this side, where he literally puts crowd noise for people saying freaks on this side. So this this seems like he's kind of he's kind of aiming for that. But then also there's an element of story song in here. Yeah, you know where mm. each each of the verses are describing something, um, and he talks about London twice, um, which is <laughs> which at the time is interesting because he had the New Power Generation shop that was in London um, at this time. So, you know, if you wanted, you could go to London and buy various overpriced Prince memorabilia. Um, you know, I, th- I think I remember reading an article where, you know, because Prince came to London to, you know, open the shop and, you know, he had Maite with him and, and all this kind of stuff. He made, you know, a big deal of it. I think it shut about three years later. Um, but someone commented that, like, you could get like an MPG candle and it just it was just a candle with just MPG written on it. And basically <laughs> it was like 30 quid. And they were like, why Whoa. would anyone... Yeah, so like, and it was like you can buy like everything that's featured in any of the like videos from Emancipation, you know, like the big puffer jackets and stuff like that. It's like you can buy them, but they're like a hundred pounds and they're like way overpriced if you compare them to like, because there was a couple of MPG shops in America where you could buy the same merchandise and over here they were like at least 50% more expensive. I like the idea of like Prince opening the MPG shop by literally doing it like he was a shift worker. 
like showing up at like opening time, <laughs> like open up the shop and like put on it like an NPG apron and like a name badge, just like with that unpronounceable symbol. Yes, hi, my name is yeah. Symbol. <laughs> How can I help you today? That'd be oh, like God. the first fifteen minutes of like the the training video of just how to pronounce the the symbol, just like. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I don't know if the mentions of London are a reference to that because, you know, he, he had kind of spent some time in London due to the shop. Um, and obviously, you know, pretty much every Prince tour, I think with the exception of a couple kind of in the early 80s um, and a few more in the kind of early 2000s, he always ended up doing at least a few gigs in London. And it's worth saying that, you know, as we upload this episode, uh, which, you know, is the 25th of August... Um, 20 years ago tomorrow, Prince did two gigs in London. He did one in Wembley on the 26th of August and he did one in the Brixton Academy at the 28th of August uh, in 1998. So, you know, we're, we're kind of 20 years, 20 years ago, he was actually in London. Um, and here we are talking about a song where he mentions London twice. Um, and he also, interestingly enough, when he starts, I think what you could call the third verse, where he says 20 days in London. And of course, you know, in 2007, he did 21 nights at, um, you know, at the, the, the O2 or the, you know, what used to be known as the Millennium Dome. Um, and basically he made a lot of money off that tour. You know, he, he spent, he, st- he started on the 1st of August 2007 and finished on the 21st of September 2007. Um, and in that time, um, you know, he, he basically made about, I think it was something like 15 million pounds from doing that residency but yeah so i don't i don't know if if like that idea kind of sat in his head where he thought you know 20 <laughs> days in london and then maybe he's performed this song a few times on tour and he's like wait there a second um let me do 21 days in london all the tickets were priced at 31 pounds 21 pence um because it was for ah. the, the 31 21 tour wow um, you know so yeah so you know and it basically every single every single one of those gigs sold out like I think that there were times in the kind of 2000s where people were like, oh, is Prince, you know, running out of money and stuff? It's like, no, he, you know, he could just sit down somewhere and do 20 nights somewhere and, and you know, make a ton of money. Because I still, I still remember, I still remember back in the, ooh, maybe the early 80s, Bruce Springsteen doing like eight or nine gigs in Sydney in one run and people freaked out. And like 20 gigs in a row just, just blows my mind, really. Mm. Oh, wow. This is amazing. Like, uh, so... That was sequential nights, or okay. I'm just looking at these dates. A few days off in between. <laughs> yeah, there's a few days off here and there, and it was notable for the fact that every single one of those gigs had an after show. So it wasn't like 21 gigs; it was 42 gigs <laughs> in the in the space of about you know six weeks. Um, so you know he 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 really kind of uh, you know he 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 basically you know made London his home. There were a lot of stories about how the hotel he stayed in had to paint all the walls purple, and they had to you know get rid of all the beds and bring in Prince's special bed and all this kind of stuff. So um, you know, as as always, whenever Prince stayed somewhere for a sustained period of time, there was always stories about exactly what he demanded. Um, but mm. yeah, so I mean, I don't know, I don't know that that had any impact on Prince, but I just find it interesting that he said twenty days in London in this song, and that turns into, you know, <laughs> that's what he actually did. Um, but yeah, you know, the the song itself has this very kind of specific like sound. You have this kind of like very bassy sound. Um, you know, you've got this kind of keyboard riff that keeps going throughout <laughs> the whole thing, and you know, uh, th- really in terms of like the actual you know, the actual music within the song, it doesn't really change that much. It's pretty much the same kind of groove for the entire song. 
and they just kind of add a, a few four bars of the same stuff like a hip-hop song almost there is there is like a bit of kind of keyboard stuff that they interject here and there when, when they get to the kind of chorus where they have like the the kind of there's like little keyboard stabs and stuff that kind yeah. of come in uh, but yeah it is mostly like the same it is essentially it's kind of you know like i say it's got kind of a dance beat but the delivery from prince is this kind of like talk singing rap that he mm-hmm. you know fell in love with for some reason during the 90s oh. Um, and then by the time he got to, I don't know, by the time he got to his mid forties, I think he realized it wasn't dignified for a, you know, a man of his age to be attempting to do this. Um, so he kind of stopped yeah. doing it mostly from, for the 2000s. But yeah, so the story itself, um, it involves a lot of butter and muffins, um, you know, <laughs> where Prince tells us, uh, uh, I know you got a young man, you don't care about me. He's darker than quicksand. He's taller than a tree. Now, it's very rare that Prince ever references the fact that he is a tiny person. Mm-hmm. Like, he never talks about height in songs. Aside from, you know, uh, the occasional, you know, reference here to his him being skinny. So it's interesting here that he says, you know, that this, this person has this other lover who is both younger than Prince mm-hmm. and taller than Prince. And also, in a rare moment, you know, he mentions that he's darker than quicksand. Which I don't know, like I don't know that is dark. I I don't know what quicksand, like the kind of the color of quicksand is. So I'm not quite sure what that means. But you know, a reference to skin tone is like it's rare in a Prince song. Yep. Like these are things that Prince doesn't normally discuss. So it's interesting that he kind of, you know, mentions height and race and youth all in all in one opening sentence. Um, you know, which it's it's very rare that Prince ever kind of grapples with his own mortality. And realizes that he's actually an older man at this point. Yeah. Um, uh, so uh, I also like the element of like Prince mentioning his inadequacies or flaws. Like, yes, like I like this, you know, because there's that Prince persona of like he's really romantic and he can date anyone he likes, but this is kind of like he's being outclassed in this scenario. And yeah, this, <laughs> I like this is like uh, Prince is a quote unquote loser song in my mind, where <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> where he's flawed and like yeah he's on yeah he has to work for it yeah i mean the fact that he says <laughs> what you need is some real loving so even though even though he's willing to admit that he is both shorter lighter and older than this other person yep. he's still willing to say i am the one who will give you some real loving so mm. he's not going to admit that he's flawed in that particular way you know and he says instead of these young ass fools um, and then of course he says i got the butter for your muffin I just need the keys to your room. Um, oh, God, that line is so good. Oh, my <laughs> God, those two lines are so funny. Yeah. That last bit just tops it off. Like The muffin is the great bit, but then the keys to the room, it's like, yep, okay, we're just going to put the... We're gonna put the full stuff on the end. Come on back to my house. <laughs> I'm younger than you. I'm older than, older than you are. I am, I'm not very tall, but hey, look, I can butter your muffin. Let's go. And also, I <laughs> like that... Much <laughs> I like that he's getting consent for it as well. Yeah. He's like, I just need the yeah, keys to your room. He's not saying I'm going to turn up in your room. I'm going to break in through the window. <laughs> None of that. He's like, just you know, I need a spare set of the keys for your room so that, that I can. That would be I an unsettling scene in a horror movie. Like you just walk into your house and like in a darkened <laughs> room, then it's just Prince like sitting in an armchair, like buttering English muffins, just like in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> that, I mean, yeah, that, that would be a kind of an odd image, wouldn't it? But um, yeah, so, and then of course we get the chorus, which is, uh, come on, baby, shake it now. Come on, shake it now. Come on, baby. Come on, baby. Come on, shake it now. Just over and over again, you know, uh, um, which is, which is, 
Which is interesting because obviously the title of the song is just Come On. Mm-hmm. But I think it would have been better if they had called it Come On Baby. I think that would have, you know, it would have got across the idea a bit more than just Come On. Because, you know. Um, and of course, with this, this is like the second time in four years where Prince has used Come in the title of a song. Uh, <laughs> but obviously that mm-hmm. song was, uh, you know, about a slightly different subject. Uh, you you yeah. mentioned this chorus being like sing-songy or like wanting the audience to sing along. I can't... It's not like... as a tedious hook. I can't imagine anyone enjoying singing this at all. Like in, <laughs> it's so repetitive and just like, uh, I it, don't know. You get you get the crowds at Queen concerts doing that stupid clapping along to Radio Gaga. I think you know, <laughs> and singing Radio Gaga, Radio Goo Goo. I feel like if you can get a crowd to sing along to that, I think you can get them to sing along to Come On Baby, Come On Shake It Now. <laughs> it's so droning. Um, yeah, I could tell he see it. Oh really? Well, I can tell he see it though. Yeah, yeah, because he just he would do that thing where he comes, does the first line. Grabs the, oh, this is really bad for podcast because no one can see it. Grabs the mic, takes the mic out to the crowd, and they sell the next line. I could totally see it. I could see how cheesy it would work. I don't think it'd work really, but he would definitely try it. He would just slow the chorus down and get "Come on, baby," and then pull the mic out to the crowd, and the crowd would just repeat the line back or the other line back to them. The the, the verses don't give anything for the crowd to really sing along to, so. Once you once you've kind of got through Prince kind of singing in his lower register about you know what's going on in London and butter and muffins, I think the <laughs> fact that he then gives them a chorus, I think that would be the thing that would encourage you to start singing. Mm. But yeah, and then he tells us we could freeze in London, you could hear me sing, uh, uh, and if you want to make love, then you got to wear my ring. Is that um, we could freeze in London? Is that a reference to it's sort of cold and? Terrible weather, or well, I mean, London has a a, a lot of different <laughs> weathers. It's a ty- it's a te- it's a temperate climate, aren't it? So you know, the weather the weather changes greatly. It's August at the moment, and outside, you know, it's windy and overcast. Yeah. So, um, you know, the the UK is known for having its various different weathers. But yeah, I don't I don't know I don't know if if Prince had been touring like maybe in a previous year and he'd been in London, you know, later on in the year, which. Looking at his tour schedules, he pretty much always came to London or Wembley in particular due in August. So, so I don't know that he'd ever experienced freezing cold weather in London. Okay, but I don't. I I I think I think maybe it's just you know it's one of those cases where he's he's coupling it up just so that he can get to the end of the line. So you know we could freeze in London just fits fits well with the line. Um, but then again, he he you know he kind of asks for this commitment where he says, "I don't want no mi- yeah. want I don't want no mistress." Uh, I'd much rather be bound. Let's go find a preacher so we can get down, down, down. So he's he's now saying, you know, come with me to London and, uh, you know, you can hear me sing. We'll have sex, but I'm not going to do that until we're married. So let's get married right now. <laughs> so things have taken a very, like, you know, in the first in the first verse, he was kind of admitting to his failings. And now in the second verse, he's he's proposing marriage before they do anything sexual, um, which, you know, it seems to fit a little bit more with the kind of the, the more religious prince. <laughs> Um, you know, at this point, obviously, he'd been influenced a lot more by Larry Graham and stuff. And obviously, Shaka Khan, mm. you know, was fairly religious, I think, at this point as well. So I don't know if their input is the thing that kind of made him put that in the second verse. But it's, um, I don't know. It's, to me, it's just funny that things escalate that quickly. Yeah, because like, especially because the first lo- first cor- sorry, the first verse, he's talking about stealing this woman from this other guy. And then all of a sudden, it's like, let's go to London and let's get married. And it's like, it's just, yeah, it said, it's really weird how it's done that. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
Um, um, wait, I, was I, this after his divorce? So he was single at the time, or when it was recorded? I think he was still married to Maite, mm. but I I think his his divorce was certainly finalized by like the start of ninety nine, around there. So you know, I, I mean, no, no, but the one was you know uh, was direct. The video for that was directed by Maite, and that came out you know a couple of months before this. I think they were still kind of trying to kind of work things out but you know he'd, he'd done a lot of so- when he was in relationships he did a lot of songs about you know running away with someone or having an affair with someone so you know the fact that he was married i don't think that really makes that much difference to yep. the subject matter of his songs um but then he says you know you and your girlfriend you're two of a kind just running these knuckleheads three four at a time both of you want babies but you're acting wild First rule in making one, you can't be no child. So, <laughs> so all of a sudden, Prince has got very, very preachy in the third verse, where he's just like, I'm sorry, you're being far too immature to raise children. Uh, you know, he's, he's, not, he's not advocating babies having babies. He's, he's, he's very much in the thing of, you've got to grow up a little bit before you can... And also, like, running these knuckleheads three, four at a time. Yeah. He's, you know, suggesting, obviously, they're having a lot of relationships. And he's like, calm that down. Let's... Commit to one man and let's, you know, let's let's start, let's start raising children. Yeah, this after, is after proposing marriage. He's now he's moved it up a step. This seems like yeah, hey, Prince. Let's get respect respectable. You know, like if you want to marry me, like you got to be yeah mature, like ready to have a kid. Actually, I do like that line though. Like first rule in making one, you can't be no child, which is like pretty solid like advice. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then because it goes back to the kiss thing as well, like kiss the actual age, not your shoe size. Obviously, this is the same thing. Except in that case, he in that case he was just looking for a relationship with that yeah. person. In this case, That's he's true. like lecturing them on how they should raise their children. Yeah. Uh, Each their verse has children. escalated. Like first is like, hey, I just want to date you. Like give you the keys to your hotel. Second verse, marriage. Third verse, like, are you parent material? Like. <laughs> Yeah, but then I mean the weird thing is the that the kind of this this third verse takes a little bit of a turn then where where he says you know instead of hitting that Remy, uh, why don't you all hit the door? I'll book us on the red light and we'll be good to go. Uh, and if every life has got a reason, you can be mine. Perfume in the bath, darling. Champagne while we dine. So he you know he's saying you know stop drinking. Uh, I think it's Remy Martel, isn't it? He's like you're getting drunk on that. Don't do that. Let's let's get on the next plane back to <laughs> the Twin Cities, mm-hmm. and you know I'll get you some perfume. We'll have some champagne while we're we're having some food. You know, like he's promising them the high life. Uh, but of course, we've already learned that you know it's going to require marriage before he can <laughs> kind of commit to that. Um, and then of course in the the final verse, he he tells us about twenty days in London. You ain't give me no love. Um, could it be another brother man that you're thinking of? Or could it? Or could it be your girlfriend who ne- who never ever been straight? <laughs> when I ask, are you hungry? You say I already ate. Um, <laughs> all right, all right. Now... I I love this turn. This is like the best part of the song. Like again, this is goes back to my my point in the first verse. Like this is Prince being like a loser, quote unquote. Like yeah, he's he's being f-ed around with. Like he's vulnerable. Like he's like hey, first verse he kind of like promises to be uh like the love you need and now he's kind of getting screwed around like even though he theoretically can give this person whatever they want and yeah it's really dark and paranoid yes well yeah I, you know it turns out that this woman who has another lover in the first verse it could be her girlfriend or it could be her boyfriend yeah 
Um, so you know, but obviously, I think I think as well. Well, I like as well how he phrases it. Could it be your girlfriend who never ever been straight? So obviously, the person the prince is interested in is possibly bisexual, mm-hmm. whereas her girlfriend is clearly a lesbian and has never been anything else. Um, you know, so I, I don't know. I, I, at least at this point, Prince is not you know as he had done in previous songs like say Bambi, um, not threatening any kind of violence on that girlfriend. Um, yeah, and I do like the phrasing of, you know, I ask if you're hungry and you already ate, <laughs> which, of course, in Prince's world, just doesn't have anything to do with food. It's like, well, clearly you've been sexually satisfied, which is why you're not getting it, you know, which is why you're not demanding anything from me. Which is like um, a really good, like, it sounds like uh, a line in like American Beauty, like a suburban drama with lots of lots of subtext. Hey, you hungry? No, I already had dinner. Like, just end scene. <laughs> And then, of course, Prince, as he is wont to do, goes back to his musical performance where he says, uh, now you can play me if you want to and you better let me know because I don't need to play no good looks if there ain't going to be no show. I'm better off sleeping with my guitar if you ain't going to sing Strapped to the Body, Making Love to the Strings. So I guess, you know, he's now equating his guitar with his penis. Um, and, you know, obviously yeah. he's not going to he's not gonna save the good licks if there ain't going to be no show. So... No, but he also like Which, I'm better. I so I guess you're right. Like better off sleeping with my guitar. Like I, I kind of yeah read that in a literal way because like I I assume he's probably slept. With I mean his you guitar. you can if you want. Yeah. Yeah, you can if you want, Anto. You can read it in a literal <laughs> way. But I don't think that's what Prince is saying. <laughs> no, no. Because he says he says stra- strapped to the body, making love to the strings. I mean. Yeah, I think I think Darren's totally right. <laughs> <It's> definitely something else. <laughs> Yeah, so you know, obviously he's he's basically making it clear to this woman he's not going to put any effort yeah. in if there's you know if there's no show. So if she's already ate, he's not going into the kitchen and starting to prepare stuff. He's just going to, you know, go off and, and uh, you know play some licks by himself. But yeah, and then you know we kind of we kind of get like the outro, which you know it has kind of the you know come on baby, come on shake it now, repeated a number of times, um, and we finish off with Prince saying, "Come on, baby, I got the butter for your muffin," which. You know, if you're going to finish a song like this, I feel, you know, going back to the butter for your muffin is probably a good way to end it. Um, but yeah, and then it kind of, you have, I think there's like a plane noise as it finishes, as if he's taking off to go somewhere else. Um, and, you know, that's kind of where the song finishes. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, you know, he, he obviously, there's a, there's a kind of weird little kind of half verse before the end where he talks about, you know, instead of talking about my man, uh, if we ain't going to make love, ain't nothing you can do for me. You know, it's kind of just like improvised stuff that kind of is over the, the kind of riff that they've kind of been stuck on for the entire song. Um, but yeah, you know, and uh, and then that's where the song finishes. The video, it's the video, like they made a video for it in which, and I don't know why, but Prince dis- disguised himself as an old man. Yeah. Um, and into, I mean, interestingly, you know, he has he has his cane with him, which, you know, he'd started using you know, as a kind of prop, uh, kind of earlier in the 90s. But this is kind of where, like, obviously following his death, this becomes really noticeable that he is kind of using the cane to walk. Yeah. And, you know, obviously it's done with the gimmick of being an old man. But at the same time, um, you know, the, he was at the Essence Awards in 1998 and he had his cane then and he wasn't disguised as an old man. And he was, you could see him putting a little bit of the weight onto that this, as he kind of went up the steps. So This clip is um, kind of like Prince doing a jackass, a jackass skit, you know, where he's like, 
disguised as an. I'm not talking about the awards. I'm talking. I'm talking about the actual video. <laughs> yeah. Where he's he's got the same disguise and he's going up to fans, isn't he? And they're just kind of like. I, think... I guess they can see through this this paper thin disguise and just being like, "That's Prince," and he's just like. They're, they're, a lot of them as well are wearing like new power generation yeah, merchandise as I, well. I think that's so. road crew. That must be like road crew, like acting in these skits with like with old man friends here. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know. I think some of them are fans that were maybe at one of the gigs, like you know when he was around the time when he was shooting this video. Um, but you know, yeah, I don't. Know, it, in between that, you have him and Shaka Khan with the words like float of the lyrics floating around underneath them. Which, I don't know why he, t- he chose that approach, but you just have him and Shaka Khan either side of the screen just kind of singing the song intercut with these Old Man Prince skits. Um, and then he resurrected that Old Man Prince for the GQ Awards in 1988, where he introduced Chris Rock to receive an award. And um, he ma- I mean, he makes, a, like, the only kind of real joke he does is when he says he got Chris Rock to sign a copy of his book. And he says, don't be fronting, we both know you can't read. Which is like oh, such a, a weird kind of a weird kind of joke. I don't know. I, I'm not quite sure why Prince felt the need to kind of have this character in this video. Because it doesn't really fit with the tone of what the video's about. I, I so mean like it opens just, with like, I know you got a a young young man, like, so this is him like, hey, I'm all yeah, but... uh, it's I'm heading into <laughs> being an older man now. Yeah. Yeah, but there's that bit at the end, towards the end where he, the, someone's trying to steal his guitar and he attacks a guy with his guitar or something. It's just, it was a, R2 was a great find for that clip. I'd never seen it before. God, it's bonkers, that clip. Oh, my God. And it's like the whole clip looks like, it, it looks cheap and it looks like a cheap 90s clip, like a late 90s clip. It's all really weird colours and there's, you know, kind of the, not even not Almost Benny Hill like when he's chasing the guy with a guitar and just ah, oh, it's just bonkers. It's great, but it's bonkers. And the thing is, too, that GQ um, awards thing, that vo- that voice he puts on. What song is that from? When he puts that that weird voice, I just I'm trying. I only heard it today, and I'm thinking, what is that voice? That voice is in a song. It might be that um, oh, what's it called? That bacon one, whatever it is. The one one. Chlorine bacon Day, skin. Yeah. Yeah, because I think he does that voice in that song, I think. I yeah, I don't know, because like, the voice that he does in Chlorine Bacon Skin is essentially him kind of doing a Morris Day impression. So I'm guessing <laughs> yeah, at this well, point, that's... maybe this is a shot at him saying Morris Day is an old man as well. Um, Possibly. <laughs> yeah. Watching this like clip has made me realise the world has been deprived of like a Prince undercover reality show where like Prince... Like... <laughs> <laughs> Like travels from town to town as like an old man <laughs> teaching lessons to like oh doing like yeah being an undercover millionaire and well I mean it's not like he could have done like undercover boss at Paisley Park because I feel like everyone would have <laughs> known know it was him yeah. <laughs> yeah so but I, I like I don't know why he did the old man prince thing like I'm not quite sure what that was about but it's just one of those things where it feels like it was something that he thought was funny. But the kind of when you watch it now, you're like, I don't understand why you're doing this, Prince, other than to amuse yourself and maybe amuse like some of the other members of the band, um, you know. So yeah, and it's worth watching. And the video itself, like, is like it's not, you know, apart from the old man Prince stuff, it's not really that interesting, no. um, you know. Like I, I feel, you know, uh, by this point, 
I think actually the video for Come On might be one of the final videos that Prince ever did. I think we've got The Greatest Romance is like the next single that's released off Rave. And that's pretty much it. Prince kind of stopped doing music videos after the 90s. Um, so, you know, I'm, and seeing the video for this, I can kind of understand why, because it's like, it doesn't seem like he had that many ideas um, in terms of, you know, something coherent that matched the video other than him just singing to camera. But yeah, I, I don't know. Like for me, I think this is, this is like, uh, you know, I enjoy this song and obviously, you know, there's an interesting story that's being told. So I would say, you know, four out of five, um, like I said, probably one of the better tracks off New Power Soul. Um, you know, if you haven't heard New Power Soul, just listen to this track and the one. And I think you've pretty much listened to the best of New Power Soul. I don't think you need the rest of the album, um, you know, unless you want to listen to Wasted Kisses, which is a pretty traumatic experience um, because, you know, it's just Prince screaming about his child. Um, so, oh. yeah, I mean, when you when I read the notes and you telling me that Shaka Khan was on this track, I was really shocked to hear that because you really can't like recognize her and i feel like it's a really poor use of shaka khan as a vocalist so i i think the the song is really droney and repetitive but the lyrics are really funny and they go go someplace really interesting so i'm gonna give it three <laughs> three three out of five like mostly because like i'm like how, how could he waste shaka khan like this this is like she's like a great vocalist and like she's doing this repetitive drone backup vocal i'm like oh god but yeah that's as much as i can give it i would give this a four like darren but the it is it is a good song the good thing is too it's pushed the song that's been in my head for the last week out and now this <laughs> is in my head which is a better song so it is helping but the thing is with this song too it kind of i know i know it's I'm, I'm a, it's a selfish rating but who cares <laughs> i've had this song for a week i need to get rid of it the other thing is too the song kind of just dies when it gets to that bit with the uh when he talks about uh where is it with the 20 days no 20 days in london that bit just kind of just falls apart i don't know when it gets the oh, oh yeah baby stuff it's like uh it, you could have short like the album probably the single mix is probably better than this mix uh, the album mix i reckon yeah. shorter and might be a bit more tighter it, like even if it was tight i'd say it's a four and a half at four okay well i feel like we said about as much as we can about come on so let's go to plugs is there anything that you wish to plug victor uh, unfortunately no i've got nothing to plug uh, uh, too. <laughs> uh, uh yeah just follow me on twitter uh at onto comedy uh a-n-h-t-u comedy and uh, i just want to say hi to the people who tweeted at me uh, after one of my last appearances that was really nice uh, thank you and you can find us on facebook at prince track by track or on twitter at prince podcast or you can email us not sure where you would at prince track by track at gmail.com thanks once more for being my guest here victor and on too uh, no, no, thanks no, darren no problem darren and otherwise <laughs> goodbye <laughs> goodbye <laughs>